Welcome to the Fit Aviators Club podcast, where aviation, fitness, and mindset meet to improve the balance of your health and quality of life in aviation. This is your host, Fernando Contreras, and let's get to it. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fit Aviators Club podcast. Today we have an amazing and special guest. My lovely lady Jessica is joining us on today's episode. She's going to share some awesome, awesome things about staying healthy on the road. And we're also going to talk about our trip that we did to Norway, Finland, Italy, France, and also Switzerland. But before we get started on today's show, if you're looking for some healthy snacks on the go, Airfare curates and delivers healthy snacks for flight crew, travelers, and aviation businesses. They've sourced more than 50 snacks from small businesses across North America. Hundreds of pilots love these snacks because they're healthy, unique, and are so perfect for keeping you feeling great on the road and while you're flying. In the flight deck, during a sit, and even at your hotel, I've tried dozens of their snack options and they are seriously delicious. Plus, none of them had any added sugar or oils. My personal favorite is the Bear Bar and the Sun Swell. And also, today's episode is giving, if it's your first time ordering airfares, listeners get 50% off your first order, which is customizable snacks using the discount Fit Aviators Club at checkout. Visit airfarepouch.com. Also, today's episode is brought to you by BJ Clean. We know how important it is to take care of our health, and that includes your skin. BJ Clean delivers body wash, shampoo, and beard cream that is sulfate and paraben-free. It's developed by former fighter pilots who are also part of the Thunderbird and fighter demo teams who are now giving the rest of aviation a healthy product that is not damaging to the skin. And we know how important it is to take care of our skin while we're flying. So use code FIT15 for a discount at checkout at bjclean.com. So for today's episode, we're going to get to talk to Jess, get to know her a little bit, her background in fitness and in aviation. She's got great, great information to share with us today. And then the second half of the episode, we'll be talking about the Euro trip that we did visiting those five countries. We'll give you the specifics, how we stayed healthy while we were on our trip for leisure. And we'll get started right away. Jess, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me. Super honored right now. <laughs> Part of the Fit Avers Club, huh? Oh, you know, always part of the Fit Aviators Club <laughs> since I live with the Fit Aviator. True. Fair enough. I guess you got no other toys, huh? Pretty much. <laughs> awesome. So, Jess, I want you to tell uh, everybody a little bit uh, your background, where you're from, and what you do now and what you did before. Okay. So, I'm from a small city called Tulare in, from, in California. Um, it's a very small town, and then I moved to L.A. when I was about 18, went to California State University, Northridge, and there is where I got my degree in kinesiology. Um, it was offered that you could either get a degree in a Bachelor's of Science of Applied Fitness or Exercise Science, and mine is in Applied Fitness, but kinesiology basically is exercise science. And I worked at Crunch Fitness for a little while, at Equinox for a little while, and then just did some personal training on my own, as well as I was a nanny for an amazing family when I was in college. And then I just one day applied to be a flight attendant for an airline here in the U.S. And I got hired and I moved to a different state to be trained. And then I moved to another different state to live there. And yeah, I've been a flight attendant since 2018 and I still 
work out and maintain my fitness ever since I was in college and even in high school. And I just really like to stay on top of that all the time because it's important for your health, mind, and overall cognition and everything (laughs) in life. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's really, really cool that you uh, had some some experience uh, before being a flight attendant in in fitness. And I think I wanted to get to know because I did personal training too, but it wasn't in a specific gym. I always trained people outside, um, either like at a field and I always brought equipment to them. But how was your experience training clients in in an actual gym facility like equinox so that's a very like that's like a high-end gym style correct correct so equinox is almost like an experience type of membership that you could have everything is basically catered to you what i do love about equinox is how they really care about your biomechanics your exercise physiology Um, they do a lot of training in fundamentals of workouts and a lot of functional movements, which is very good to prevent injury and things like that. Whereas in the other gyms I worked out at where they were pretty big about just getting as many clients as possible and as many trainers as possible. Don't get me wrong. Equinox is still a big gym. So they commercial gym. So they still want members and personal training clients and everything like that. Yeah. But unfortunately, I actually only worked at Equinox for about three months because that was right before I got hired as a flight attendant and I ended up moving. But I had a great relationship with the people there and really enjoyed my time there. I learned a lot from just the three months being there. They have this whole like two week onboarding program where they teach you not only about like their sales and representative stuff among the company, but also in how to train clients and the physical um, assessments that you do prior to actually training someone to understand all of their like quirks and tweaks and everything. So that was really nice. I really enjoyed my time with them. And also working at other gyms, I just felt like everything was like in a timely manner. Like it, it's really hard to train someone for an hour and then just send them off into the real world and then expect them to just do everything on their own and then come back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's one of the, the toughest things, and that's why it's so important to to maintain them coming back, right? Because you're always trying to fix their th- some sort of posture or some sort of muscular, you know, learning that they when they go off into the real world, it might not be how you train them, and it you just have to bring them back and bring them back over and over and over to get that muscle repetition and eventually get them in that better posture, right? Yeah, correct. And regardless of posture, if we're going to be honest, most of the people going to commercial gyms are basically worried about weight loss and basically looking good. And as much as I understand that, I think that I kind of felt like disconnected because I felt like people, that was their number one goal, but then they wouldn't really do the recommendations that I would give them in order to maintain that goal or receive that goal. And I personally started to get away from that goal of just always wanting to lose weight and just focusing on just how you look all the time. Cause I think that now that I'm older, I focus more on just longevity and wanting to be able to live a long life and not have to like depend on anybody when I'm older. And if I do fall down, I can get up. Or if I'm stranded somewhere, I can walk miles and miles and even run if I have to, or just more like longevity purposes. Whereas like no one that I came in contact with going to those gyms or working there, didn't, didn't seem to really care about stuff like that. Yeah. So out of those examples that you mentioned, you know, 
getting back up after you fell down or being stranded and you ran somewhere? Did that actually happen to you? Um, no, but I do travel a lot and there are a lot of situations where I like, I love to go hiking. So if I'm going to be hiking somewhere, I just, obviously you can get hurt no matter what. And yeah. if you do like break your leg or something, like you're pretty much toast. SOL. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So then you kind of have to, uh, I don't know, <laughs> call 911 or something. Right. But if you're, you know, just, I just want to be able to move without having to depend on anybody now and when I'm older in life. And if I'm don't do those things now, then when I'm older in life, that's not going to be achievable. Yeah. I think that's a great vision that you have in, in fitness. But so I want to kind of rewind back to where you were at Equinox and then the airline called for you to be a flight attendant. Was that like a I'm out super quick decision or did you think about it a little bit? Did, is 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 a, being a, a ca- part of the cabin crew something that you've been wanting to do for some time? So when, no, not necessarily. I, it was basically January of 2018. And one of my friends was like, you should apply for this job. You're super personable. It sounds perfect. I was already, already traveling on my own prior to this. So when I moved out of my house and I was living in LA, I spent basically all of my money to travel. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) But I was like, yeah, I'm probably going to go ahead and take this opportunity since every, like if I had a weekend off, I would go somewhere different. Like if I was in California, I would go to Vegas, Phoenix, LA, places closer. I took a few little trips like along the West coast because it's just quicker and you can do it over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just spent all my money doing that. So therefore I was like, yeah, it's not really a question. I'm going to apply. And if I get hired, I'm going to go. So I, of course I applied to Equinox, got hired there first and I wasn't going to just just not applied to have a different job, you know? Yeah. So I was working there. And then when I did get hired, I made sure that I actually got hired because with airlines, you do like a interview online and then you do a questionnaire and then you go in, you get flown into somewhere to have another, another interview. So I made sure that I actually got the job before I told <laughs> my manager at Equinox what, what the deal was. And it was, they were really understanding. They actually were like, yeah, you're probably better off doing that right now in your life since that's just your personality. And yeah, they were really awesome and understanding about it. We left on really great terms. Oh, well, that's good. It's always good to leave under great terms with your previous employer. You never want to burn any bridges, right? Absolutely not. So tell me a little bit about how you mixed your previous experience with fitness to the, the, the aviation lifestyle. Right. Well, when I originally got hired, me and my friend Dylan, who works for SkyWest, we were like, oh yeah, let's be fit flight attendants and just be <laughs> fit while we're flying and traveling all the time. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And he ended up getting hired at a different airline. And then I got hired at, at another one. He got hired at a smaller one. Yeah. So then um, it was really easy to maintain fitness while traveling because I already had all of the knowledge that comes with fitness which is not only just in fitness, there's a lot of nutritional knowledge I think that is very important to understand when you're always traveling, especially for work and just in terms of like different altitude levels and pressure and water retention and things like that, that go outside of just the fitness aspect of it. Um, it was very interesting to know. I, I had a lot of that knowledge prior, so it was really easy to just put it into play when I was in the airlines, but I just got really I basically just lived my normal life because I was so involved in maintaining my health in college that I just brought it to 
my everyday life working in the airlines. But that's a whole different ball game. Whenever you have to wake up at three o'clock in the morning to make a sign in, and then you do three flights a day, and then you have to meal prep, and your food can go bad during in a plane, and then you might leave your food in the hotel fridge, <laughs> which I do that all the time, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's so many things that go into it, but it's a learning process. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. It's all about a learning process. I think a lot of people. I, a lot of the messages that we often get, and, and, and you probably get this a lot too, is how do you make that transition from, you know, having a regular routine where before you were a crew member to then immediately making that same routine while you're a crew member and it's just not the same. It's going to take some time, right? Like it probably, I know it took me about like a year or maybe two to find my most efficient way on how to meal prep, how to exercise on the road. Like it's a lot of trial and error. Um, you know, is that something that you kind of share with, with people who ask you the same thing? Yeah. I always share my experiences with people. Something I always tell someone is the the more you educate yourself about like nutrition and fitness, the Mm -hmm. better off you are, because let's say for example, somebody offers me, um, or let's say for example, I get in really, really late at my hotel and I didn't have any time because there was delay after delay after delay. And in the morning, I only have maybe three hours to get ready or do something. Then it's better with like, I know that it's better to do something rather than do nothing. So some people have that all or nothing mentality where they think, oh, I can't go to the gym with into the specific workout. So I'm just not going to do anything or, oh, I didn't meal prep. So I'm just going to go to Dunkin Donuts and get like a quick donut or something or it's just that all or nothing mentality where yeah. you didn't meal prep, but you can still find something healthier. You don't have time to go to the, a full on workout, but you can still go for a walk. Like it's just how you make it fit into your everyday life and forming habits. I completely agree with the forming habits and, and everything that you've said. I was actually, what you just said is I was speaking with a captain yesterday and he was telling me about how just in that day, he only had 10 minutes in between a super rushed schedule. And what he did was he did, I think he, he mentioned something, he did something about like a couple minutes of jumping jacks and like a couple minutes of pushups. Just just so that, you know, he can get something in and that, the psychological effect that that has, there's a, there's a mind and body, you know, connection. The psychological effect that you do something in terms of, you know, getting your heart rate up, pumping your blood, uh, these this hormone secretion that happens during that time where you, you do some sort of exercise, even if it's for a little bit, can totally make a difference in your day. Would you agree? I would 100% agree. It's basically your endorphins. So if you go for a 10, 15 minute walk, get your heart rate going up a little bit, add a little pep in your step when you're in the airport. Yeah, it definitely matters. It definitely makes a difference. And I mean, jumping jacks and push-ups isn't something that anyone can do. Correct. So yeah. some people might be a little bit intimidated by even that comment because they're like, oh, I don't want to just do jumping jacks or push-ups right. and, and look right. look weird or something. So I always just recommend people just go for a walk. Yeah. If you're in, bring your suitcase with you. That's a little bit of resistance right there that <laughs> I've been realizing it. No one's going to think you're weird if you're lugging your suitcase at the airport. So it all fits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. There's definitely just a simple walk can create such great changes. And if you do it over time, right, you're going to notice even 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 weight loss, right? 100%. Um, 
My sister actually lost a lot of weight when she was about 20 years old just by walking three miles a day. Mm-hmm. Because when you, it's all, it's all about the change that you're doing, right? right. Insanity yeah. is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting results. Right. But if you add something, anything different to your daily routine right. and form a habit, then yeah, you can get different results, whether it's just improving your mood, better cognition, feeling better throughout your day. I mean, it's good for your bones and your muscles to get up and do something. The term move it or lose it is not, is real. It is real, real. for sure, for sure. Now, uh, sometimes we get a lot of questions from from crews that they say, yeah, I've been walking every day, but I don't notice any more of a change. And, uh, you know, if if you have a background in fitness or any type of of health uh, that you uh, got a certification from or went to school in, you you know the term of body adaptation, right? Your Absolutely. your body starts adapting, your, your metabolism even that adapts, which I think is fascinating. Uh, what would you say to someone if they said, "I've been walking all the time, but I don't notice any more changes. I lost a little bit of weight, but this is it. Like I haven't." done anything else, what would you recommend to them? Right. Well, walking, I think is just something good for everyone to do if they don't know where to start or if they are intimidated or if they really just don't have time and they don't want to prioritize other time to go to the gym. But I think resistance training is the number one best way to, if you want to lose weight, it's probably the best way. If you want to get stronger, it's the probably one of the only ways if you want to live longer. So resistance training is the number one exercise method, I think, for everyone to be better. I mean, if you're a woman and you and you potentially can have osteoporosis one day, it's the only preventative medicine that you can do is resistance training for your bones. Right. Can you tell can you tell everybody what resistance training is? Because somebody who's probably not doesn't know much about the fitness. What, what, what would you say? What is resistance training? So basically weightlifting or just adding any type of resistance to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Technically, if you're pulling your suitcase with you and you're walking, that's a little bit of resistance. Right. I wouldn't really consider that training, but right. right. It's basically you're putting extra weight on your muscles and you're moving your body against the weight that's being placed on your muscles. Right, right. So creating a resistance in a joint, which which the most important part is when there's joint movement, right, there's also bone development, osteoblasts versus osteoclasts, which are these these cells that either break down bone or remodel bone. Mm -hmm. And the, the effect of resistance training, so that stress put on that joint promotes osteoblast cells to remodel bones and for one osteoporosis uh, reduction, right? Reduces, reduce the chances of that. But, um, you know, it also creates strong bones in, in the muscles around your bones that protect it. So if you ever fall or get hurt, mm-hmm. you have a lot more protection around that area and thus the less chances of injury. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's uh, one of the most important aspects of training is to incorporate uh, resistance training, but let's say somebody's like, you know, I don't want to lift weight because it's going to make me look a certain way. Right. Do they have to lift every single day in order for you to get these benefits or maybe once or twice a week could create great benefits from this injury prevention and, and, and reduction of like osteoporosis. I'm so that saying that you just said normally is said by women, I would assume that okay. say that they don't want to get too bulky. Right, or, right. Yeah. It's common. It, it, I hear it all the time. I know, but I would just, it's, when someone says that to me, 
I'm just, I kind of just try to shut it down. Like it's not true. Like it's okay. yeah. the amount of actual weight that you'll need to put on your body and the amount that you're going to need to eat to actually, for a woman to actually become like super bulky yeah. and look the way that they're thinking that they're going to look and that they don't want to look right. is going to take way more effort than going to the gym almost every day and adding a little bit of weight or just adding weight yeah. to your workout. So that's a myth. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Um, but, but if someone did tell me that I would tell them that that's a myth, that, that it's going to take a lot harder. If they don't even want to go to the gym in the first place, it's going to take them a lot harder to look super bulky and not look the, what they think. Right. But I would still say that once to two times a week is plenty. Right. Um, probably two times a week is better than one time a week. Yeah. Cause you want to, um, can, you want to actually the muscle memory to occur in your body. Correct. So you know, if you just do it once a week, it's still beneficial. Anything is better than nothing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would recommend that. And it's actually really easy for crew members to go to the gym and do resistance training because almost every hotel that crews stay at, at least with the company that I work for, there is a gym right. and that gym has, if anything, a few dumbbells and a treadmill. And there's actually so many, different workouts that you can do with a few dumbbells. And I think that it's the knowledge that comes with knowing certain random exercises that yeah. you can incorporate that would really help people. Right. The, well, the reason, main reason I brought that up is because again, there's a, there's a miss, uh, a disconnect between that knowledge, right. Of like all or nothing kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's almost very similar for somebody to be like, Oh, I, if I lift weights, I'm going to get bulky. Well, there's a huge in between that studies have shown that even if you do lift resistance twice a week, your your chances of reducing all those bad things for your body are go up a whole lot higher. You know, so I, I think it's important to drive out that message that there's there's a huge in between. I remember when I was uh, training, I wanted to oh I still obviously I still train, but I wanted to um, increase my muscle mass, but also stay very lean. And I thought there was only one method of doing that, and I was battling so hard to try to maintain that figure, I guess. And <clears throat> when a couple of trainers told me, you actually have to eat more, right? Because I have a very fast metabolism. It, the, the whole point is not eating more or less. The whole point is that like there was something else in between that I did not know about that made me change my mind about like, oh, there is a whole different way to go about this. Actually, if I do eat more, I probably wouldn't be working, like overworking my body, right? Because I'm eating a certain amount. I'm I'm training way more than what I'm consuming because, yeah, I'm staying lean. Obviously, that was a, a subconscious thing. But I was like, I, I want to increase muscle mass. And my muscle mass was not increasing because I was under calories the whole time until somebody told me, you're not going to lose uh, your lean if you eat the right amount of calories to get a little bit more muscle mass. Obviously, if it's way too much over in calories, you are going to gain a little bit of weight, extra weight. But that put a whole different perspective in that the, the, the misconnected between two different things, there was a bridge to that. And I think it's important to when uh, an all or nothing kind of mentality, there's always a bridge there. So doing something once or twice a week, I think it's super important, super beneficial, and it's just going to do fantastic things for you. Yeah, I 100% agree. And also, whenever you do have more muscle, which will be the what happens after you add resistance training, 
you actually do burn more calories just in your BMR. Yeah. Your more muscle you have, the more calories you burn. So it is normal to want to eat more when you have more muscle in your body. Yeah, totally. hundred percent. And so, so with your previous, uh, experience in what you learned in college and in the clients that you trained, what is your mentality now to why is fitness so important to you, especially in aviation? Like what is it that keeps you wanting to go every day? Is it something because it's so important for your health, something because you want a a prevention of some sort of, uh, you know, either osteoporosis, some some sort of cardiovascular disease or what, what is it for you? Because everybody's, everybody's, motivation or I guess long-term goal of fitness and aviation is different. And I would like to get to know your perspective so that everybody can, can learn. I think that throughout our lives, um, certain goals that you have and certain things hold value to you in different ways, depending on what phase in your life that you're in. I think that right now, my phase in my life is that I really do want to go everywhere, but I don't just want to go to a city and just walk around the city, eat at a cute restaurant, have a drink. No, like I'm trying to climb mountains. I want to (laughs) like do crazy things. I want to do things that are a little bit more outside of the box in these travels that I enjoy rather than just stay still basically. Okay. So I just want to, I like, I really enjoy the feeling of incorporating just any type of movement into my everyday. Yeah. And I like the, the way it feels. I like to go running because I enjoy the runner's high. I like the endorphins I get when I work out. I love climbing a mountain because I love the views. There's just so many things that if I don't work out every day, honestly, I won't be able to do. Mm -hmm. If I never work out, I can't climb a mountain the way that I want to climb. I'm going to have to camp out on that mountain. (laughs) And I don't want to do that. Like, I don't have time to camp on a mountain. Or I also don't want to, like, bring all my stuff with me because I'd rather hike like freely, right? Not yeah. carrying anything, exactly. Unless, unless you carry it for me, yeah, because that's what happens all the time. <laughs> I end up carrying everything. <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I think it's really cool that you share that perspective because for everybody, it's something totally different. Um, but speaking about like the traveling and these trips and the climbing mountains, let's talk about our trip that we just got back from two weeks ago. Uh, we went to Norway, Finland, Italy. France and Switzerland. So five countries in eight days, was it? I think it was nine. Okay, nine nine days. Two days we're traveling though, so you have to take that into account. So just with that, with those numbers, you can already tell we we move fast through 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 these countries or the activities that we want to do. Primarily led by Jess. (laughs) Definitely move really quick. Um yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's okay. I, I love it. It actually brings it brings the 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 fun and energetic, you know, on the move, keep going, fantastic. And there's so many things that you just get to see because we're so on the go, right? Rather than missing out on certain things, which is kind of cool. Yeah, a lot of um, our decision making, I think, is made based on my adrenaline, which is it continues to go as yeah. soon as we decide that we are gonna do a trip. And we also don't plan anything. Until the day of or the night of, which some people get really anxious about that, but I actually love it. I used to get so anxious. You remember in the beginning, that first trip? Yeah, I know. I still (laughs) Not as much as before. Like, I remember that first trip we did in California. It was just a road trip. And I was just like, 
what do you mean? Why don't we have a hotel? Like we're booking hotels on our way to the next spot and it's just so on the go. And I've learned over time how cool that is just to be so on the go and just to embrace a little bit of uncertainty and variety and incorporate that a little bit more in your life. I think it just, it, it takes you out of your comfort zone and you become a lot more aware of different things that you know you weren't aware of of yourself in your environment before. And I think that's totally cool. That's awesome that you're just naturally like that. <laughs> I don't know if I'm naturally like that. I just think that I'm, I think of the worst case scenario, right? Sure, yeah. Which is we won't have a place to stay. Right. But we have a car. So right. worst case scenario, we just sleep in the car. Yeah. It's really not that bad. Yeah, it's not. It's not really not that bad until the cops start knocking on your window. Well, then <laughs> like you have a place for us to go because we yeah, can jail. Go hotel. <laughs> You're going to sleep behind bars. Is there Wi-Fi there? <laughs> So we can book another hotel. That's, that's right. That's too funny. All right. So let's start with the first country we went to, and it was Norway. Now, we've been planning to go to Norway for quite some time. Obviously, uh, we, do, we don't like the cold, so we wanted to go at a time where it was a little bit warmer. So there's a certain window in the year that we could go, and that, that was, you know, beginning of June, July, August. And I think it almost extends into September a little bit. That is a good season to go. But we ended up going at the end of May because Jess's birthday is the end of May. So the first uh, place that we went to, we we actually non-rev from um, Miami to Newark. And then from Newark, we took uh, Scandinavian Airlines over to Oslo. And then also with Scandinavian, right, we connected from Oslo to Stavanger. Now, that's just a, Stavanger is just directly west of Oslo. And the reason why we did that is we originally wanted to go to uh, what's the name of that? The Bergen. Originally, we wanted to go to Bergen first, but the car rental out of the Bergen airport was $500 more than like we had first even budgeted. And two, if we were to get the car rental from somewhere else. So we decided to change the flight and go from Oslo to Stavanger. Now in Stavanger, we, um, Got the car rental there. It was a whole lot cheaper, and we ended up returning the car in Bergen. But we're going to take you around that little loop that we did. And the first the first day, the first day went totally unplanned, right? Like, we were supposed to do so much that first day, and I just, I, I ruined it. <laughs> okay, so I think we were both extremely excited and to do this trip, and I think that we over-planned ourselves. Like I said, I run a lot of my decision-making on adrenaline, which I feel very soon and very quickly once something is starting. But the time from when you actually take the flight from Newark and when you actually land in Norway, the flight was at 6 p.m. And then we didn't leave until 7 p.m. I remember we were right. a little delayed. Yeah. So imagine your body is not ready to go to sleep at 7 p.m. Not to mention, you still like go through service. I mean, as a flight attendant and as a pilot, like it's really cool to be on a different airline and like kind of like scope out what they do. <laughs> yeah. So I love doing that. <laughs> and then, so you don't want to go to sleep right away. And then we're excited, so we're having some wine and we're staying awake watching a movie. Basically, we should have just closed our eyes and tried to sleep the second we got on the plane. But right. we impossible. Didn't do that. We impossible. Didn't do that. So then, when you land, it's eight o'clock in the morning in Norway, and that's just. That time change is not, is not, right. is not Cause good. it's 2 a.m. Yeah, our time. It's 2 so it's like trying to go to sleep at seven and wake up at two. That's completely like against your circadian rhythm. Right. And we, we didn't, we barely slept probably like two hours. <clears throat> too much so, wine. So then, yeah, too much wine. So then two hours sleeping. And then we took a flight from Oslo to Stavanger, which is uh, like 
I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. Didn't sleep on that. We landed, rented a car. We got our, picked up our rental car. And then we were hoping to just do this five-mile hike on the first day. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I definitely could have done it. I was ready. I was down. But there was this one guy that I was with that I just don't think he was he was willing and able. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't want the exit row. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't willing and able. So we, were, we ended up just <laughs> looking through the downtown area. And it was really adorable, actually, if you yeah, did go. Yeah. And then we got something like got some like quick snacks and then we just went to the hotel, took a nap and then went on a smaller hike. Right. Which was nice and got to see Stavanger, which was really cute city. Yeah. And then we pretty much started the next day. We started the trip. Yeah. The real trip. Re- yeah, exactly. The real hiking. And ever since we landed in Norway, the weather was like, it was not <clears throat> adequate for what all we wanted to do. Don't get me wrong. All the hikes that we did, there were still a lot of people there, but it wasn't the best conditions. It was cold, windy, rainy. And in some parts, if you did go to some specific hikes, it was still blowing snow and a little bit of like blizzard looking uh, ones. So um, cool fact is that when we were in Stavanger, we went to this cute uh, shop or a pastry place and we were getting to know, you know, some of some of the 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 sweets that people enjoy in Norway. Turns out to be that the lady who was ser- uh, serving us or giving us the pastries was her daughter's in your hometown now, right? California? Yeah, she's in Bakersfield, which is basically an hour and 15 minutes from Tulare, which is where I'm from. And when she said, yeah, my daughter lives in Bakersfield, I was like, what? There's only like a certain amount of Bakersfield, maybe one Bakersfield in the U.S., huh? Probably maybe. sure, yeah. Jeez, that's crazy. Such a small world. I love when things like that happen and you just get to get to connect with people, yes, you know, that's... that's- all the way across over in Europe. So that's awesome. So the next day, well, actually, still on that first day, uh, I decided to take a nap for like three hours, which I felt like a brand new person when we woke up, did that little hike, got some groceries, and we asked the locals, hey, what is it that people mostly eat here in Norway? And it was the, you know, smoked salmon was definitely up there. So just fish in general. Yeah, fish in general, for sure. But, you know, Jess and I both love uh, smoked salmon. So... Our idea of staying fit on the road and saving some money in terms of nutrition and food was just please explain. Well, we went to grocery stores yeah. the whole trip, which I am a big, big pro of doing this because it is healthier. Anything that you make at home is always going to be healthier than something mm-hmm. that you get out at a restaurant because you're cooking it. You know what's in it. You, you don't you know about the added ingredients. Yeah. So you're just better off doing that. In terms of all the activity we were doing, it's nice to have the type of food that you know is going to help you perform the way that you want to perform with all the hiking and the walking and needing to stay awake. Also, we were driving a lot, so we had food in the car with us. A lot of downtime, yeah. Yeah, so it just made sense. Um, A lot of people might might think that this isn't really like a vacation, which is, is fine for me. I would rather... Go to a grocery store, get a bunch of different types of food, right. try actual local stuff. Yeah. Because if we go to a grocery store, that's where locals go, go to get their stuff. Yeah. Versus going to a restaurant where somebody is kind of catering to their clientele mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as much as they, of course, it's probably local as well, but right. it is local to go to grocery stores as well. Just saying that. <laughs> and um, yeah, we have plenty of food. We spent, we saved so much money by not going out to eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Also, we did eat breakfast at certain hotels that we stayed at, mm-hmm. which is another way of trying like local stuff. 
Um, so yeah, it just really worked out. I really love going to grocery stores because it's very economical and you can bring food with you wherever you're at. So you're not really stuck. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll tie in how that kind of also benefits when you're trying to do a lot of things at once. So the next day, day two, we go to this hike that we've been really wanting to do. And it's called Prekestolen, which is the pulpit rock. And it's just about maybe like an hour outside of Stavanger. Um, extremely awesome hike with incredible views. Uh, and so that's a five mile hike. And when we got to the parking lot, we're getting our stuff, getting our backpack ready. And then uh, this SUV parks next to us. And we just hear three dudes talking and they're saying, bro, dude, yeah, this, this and that. And I'm like, that sounds like a lot from Miami. And then Jess is like, no, they may be from California. So then I was like, hey, where are you guys from? I'm like, oh, Miami. And what an incredible, well, the Miami area. They were somewhere in Palm Beach, somewhere in Fort, in, uh, Fort Lauderdale. And, and I can't remember what the other one was in Orlando. Yeah, they definitely didn't say they were from Miami. They said they, they were from Miami Florida. Area. Yeah, Miami area. Well, fair enough. And everybody who says bro is like pretty much Orlando and South. Everyone says bro. <laughs> Yeah. Well, really cool to meet uh, these three guys. And uh, they were throughout the whole journey with us in the in the in the hike. Um, So the five mile hike, incredible scenery, incredible, incredible hike. And then we were like, well, that's not enough. We did that hike and we're like, we we need more. We still had a pretty much pretty good amount of the day left. So we had a lot of the day left. But unfortunately, the weather was picking up. There was starting to rain. Um, it was just really gloomy. Like you can see the clouds forming. So I was getting a little nervous about being stuck on another hike in the middle of like a storm. Right. I do not mind hiking and doing another long hike after that. That wasn't the issue. It was just being stuck and being in the rain, which I don't mind it being kind of chilly and you get your heart rate going and you warm up, but being stuck in the rain is just the worst when you're hiking because you know, your, your whole body gets wet and your yeah. clothes is wet and yeah. it's just, it feels sticky and gross. And then your body tenses up and you don't want to like hurt, get hurt. If Correct. You're all tense. Yes. And the, the trail becomes more technical, right? Like yeah. now our rocks are a little bit more slippery. Everything's just, you have to be more careful in that. So we, our pace obviously has to slow down. So we, you know, on our way after coming back from that uh, pulpit rock, we were like, okay, well, we have we use this really cool uh, app called All Trails, and that's where we get all the trails. Which is basically, if you have Yelp and you're trying to research like restaurants or whatever it is, this is pretty much the same thing, but for hiking. It's really cool. They leave comments on how to get to where you need to get or the difficulty and everything. So Jess and I always filter the uh, All Trails app to hard, difficult, long, whatever it is, and. Right. So yeah, it's basically moderate or hard. Moderate or hard. Right. We're trying to we're trying to do like really cool hikes, but also get a good form of movement and our heart rate really up. So we found this other one. It's called uh Hatten, which is in the city of Hopperland, and it was two and a half miles. In this hike specifically, two and a half miles, it was you know, we would normally get through this pretty quickly, but uh the rain and it started getting a whole lot colder. The rain started coming down a lot harder when we were about halfway up this hike. And is the trail started becoming a little bit less uh, easier to, to find and keep going through. So normally, if, if a lot of people 
whoever has like a lot of hiking experience, you'll see that there's like a buildup of rocks and you just kind of keep following those little buildup of rocks, right? They look, so you, you keep following that and you look for trail marks and you keep going. Obviously the all trails app also has a GPS on you. So if you ever use this and you're not going to have signal, make sure you on the all trail app, you save the hike and it'll start tracking you via GPS. You can even go into airplane mode and the GPS will still be up. If you don't favor that hike, if you don't put it as your favorite, you will lose it and you will not be able to get that that feature, which is cool. And it's for free. That's in the free version as well. Um, so yeah, so we get to the top and Jess is like, let's get out of here. <laughs> she was not having it. Yeah, so I was not having it because... It just, it just seemed, okay, also, no one was on this hike. Right, yeah, it was So, very, this was just me and Fern. Me. <laughs> so, me it was me. just us. <laughs> and I was like, um, I don't know, I just didn't, I was feeling weird, like, it was, it was starting to rain, and Fern was like, no, I want to, I want to, I want to basically play like a scavenger hunt and figure this out. Like, I'm super excited. And I was like, I hate this. And so I was like, okay, fine. You lead the way. Like, let's go. Cause I originally wanted to just go down the same way we came up because it was, is what we knew. I was, I knew exactly how to go down. We already saw the little rock formations, which Mm -hmm. they're like separate little rock formations. So there's one um, right here. And then in like 20 yards, you'll see another one and and keep going. So I, we, we already had passed it all, so I already knew how to get back down, so I was very adamant about going down that way. He wanted to go around in the loop. That's fine. We did it. Everything was fine. But there was parts where it's on a cliff. So because it's more windy, it's more rainy, like, yeah, you have to be careful because, and yeah. you're alone. Yeah, so it is yeah. a little bit more dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, especially the whole uh, being alone kind of thing is is a little bit worrisome sometimes. Some people really love to go on hikes alone. I think it's a great way to connect with just yourself and nature, and it's awesome. But uh, I do have a Garmin watch, the Garmin D2 Air X10, and that has an emergency feature in there that if you know something happens or whatever, I can activate a button and hold it for a certain amount of time, and it'll activate uh, pretty much an SOS signal where they can find you via GPS. So that's a really cool thing. A lot of... Uh, there's a lot of things that you could do that now, probably with your phone and everything. I specifically love the Garmin uh, products, so that's what I that's what I have in case anything would happen. But um, so we finished that that trail, which was awesome. Besides, also that view that we got on the other, you know, when we saw the the, the bridge, yeah, and that was that was totally worth it. For, it was worth for it for going down the other side. I think it was good. It was worth it. Yeah. So day three, uh, the most desired hike that we wanted to do was called Troll Tunga. And um, we wanted to do it, but it's a 12 and a half mile hike, we, or 15 mile hike. And we, I woke up a little bit too late because I was exhausted. And Jess blames me for this, that we, we didn't do it because I woke up too late. <laughs> but we basically got to, we had to drive another two hours. <clears throat> we were going to start at noon. And if we didn't start like around 10, we would have caught nightfall and the weather conditions were really bad. So we really were like, okay, let's, let's be um, prudent here and not do this. So we didn't. And we, uh, last minute change, we're like, okay, well, let's go to the all trails app. Let's figure out what, what else we could do. We came across this really cool area called Varring Fossen, which is a name for beautiful waterfalls. I mean, this place was just unbelievable in in like the lookout is just you looking down the valley and just waterfalls dropping in everywhere in the valley um so that was really really cool one of the one of the prettiest things that i think 
even in bad weather, it was really, really nice. I can't imagine how it would be in, in, in fantastic weather. But where do we go after the, the Varingfossen? So we just went to Bergen after that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what happened? Okay, the problem with this day, yes, we started late, but we also stayed far away from yeah. the hike. Yeah. Which we were, that's why we were supposed to wake up really early <laughs> to drive the two hours. Yeah. Uh, we ended up not waking up as early as we had hoped, and then we still had to drive the two hours. So, yeah, that set us back. Right. If you did want to do Choltunga, I would just recommend staying in Closer. Oda, right, yeah, which is Oda. the city that it's right there. That mm-hmm. way you just wake up and go because you have to start early. Yeah. And the and on top of that, the weather was bad. Right. And on top of that, we met the guys that we met from Florida the day before. They were also doing this hike and they were camping there yeah. and starting at 11 in the morning. Right. So when we arrived at the hike at around 1130, 12 p.m., I was like, yo, they're starting at 11 and they're hiking, they're camping. They're camping, So yeah. I just don't think it's going to work out. Like I said, we met people that were also going to camp and hike and whatever, and they ended up not going either because the weather conditions weren't going to allow it. Right. And like I said, we're technically on vacation. We're on a trip. I don't want to get stuck on a mountain. <laughs> and when there's so many other mountains and so many other things to see and do in Norway. So yeah. I was okay to sit it out, but we are going to go back and absolutely. do it because I would love to. Uh, absolutely. And so here's where getting the groceries ties in with if you're being on the move all the time and you're changing your plans, right? Some of these hikes that we go to are about like an hour, an hour and a half, maybe two hours away from where we are, right? We're right. constantly changing these plans. The great benefit about having those groceries with you is that you don't have to waste time at a restaurant waiting to be fed, right? Right to get something to eat. So on the way to each one of these trails, uh, Jess is an awesome co-pilot, and she would make a delicious food with the groceries that we got, and she would feed me while I was driving. <laughs> yes, that happens a lot. Um, but it works. It's so efficient. It definitely works. You know, you just make some avocado rice cakes, oh, get some delish. chips and salami and some cheese, some roll it all salmon. together. Oh, God, that's so good. Yeah. Love it. I, lo- I love that. And uh, yeah, so efficient and you save a ton of money. So Jess and I got to planning and we're like, okay, look, this weather sucks, right? Yeah, unfortunately. It did. Yeah. So how do, what, what do we do? What do we change? So we just ended up, after the waterfall, we ended up going to, well, we went to Bergen. Mm-hmm. And then Bergen is a beautiful city, by the way. Yeah. If you haven't been there, Underrated. wow, yeah. amazing. Yeah. The cutest, cutest city. Um, it would have been nice to maybe like go out for a restaurant there. But yeah. since we had already had the groceries, we figured we would save some more money because this was only like day three. Mm-hmm. And we ended up getting a hotel close to the airport. And then in the morning, we were like, because we considered... So this is another thing. We rented a car for three days and we had to return the car to Bergen. So that right there set like limitation on yeah. our trip because we had to return the car or else it was going to, you have to pay more. And I actually don't think we could keep the car longer mm-hmm. at that during the time, like Norway is actually short of cars. Like there wasn't, it was not that easy to get a car. Right. So whenever we returned it the next day, we considered potentially staying in Bergen again, driving back to Trolltunga and doing that. But I said, no, like let's, go somewhere else which we were supposed to go to the like the north north of norway and yeah. fly into a city with the airport code of eve yeah i'm not even going to try to pronounce the name right now because i'm right, just going right, to right. ruin it but there was no rental cars there and if we did get a rental car the next day it was going to be over a thousand dollars and i was like no way way too much yeah 
Way too much. So then we just decided to go and spend the day in Helsinki. Yeah. So we so we basically traveled. This this part where we wanted to go to in Norway was incredible. You're we're already in the northern part, so in the inside, like like in the Arctic, right? Like right. The, and in the, I can't remember the name of it. I'm trying to pull it up here on the on the maps. Right. As soon as I get it, I'll, I'll sell the name. I'll say the name. But it's basically the northwest top islands, or like this. Lofoten, yeah, that's yeah. right, that's right. So that area is looks incredible from the areas, from the pictures that we've seen. There was a really cool hike there that we really wanted to do. Um, the name of the hike was Reinenbringen, mm -hmm. and it just looks absolutely beautiful and and awesome. But yeah, the car rentals were too were too expensive. We try to look at other cities that we can drive to. Tromso or something like that, and then drive down. But the, the drive was about four and a half hours, close to five. So it wasn't gonna be worth the the amount of amount of time spent driving for the little amount of time that we had. Personally, I would have been down to drive, but it was a thousand. It was way too much. Yeah, yeah for yeah. a rental car for two days. Yeah, I was, was just thinking about all the other things in the trip <laughs> that we wanted to do. Right, like the other days in the trip that we didn't even have planned. So it yeah. just wasn't economical to get a car for a thousand dollars agree unless we slept and showered in that car which that's not gonna happen <laughs> no it's definitely not gonna happen but so then we we went from bergen to we went from bergen to helsinki and in helsinki the weather was pretty much still the same it like it didn't change it was just like this arctic north part like these north latitudes of of earth we're just <laughs> in bad weather for like an entire week and don't get me wrong like it's it's cool that you're in another place or everything but that kind of weather still gets you in a, in a mood right like in this mood where you're just like eh. well, we're if it was very, sunny and different right it yeah been we're very fortunate to be to i mean you've grown up in florida i've grown up in california we now right. live in florida like we have pretty good weather so there's nothing wrong with the gloomy weather but it was three days already spent hiking outside in the cold and it was wet. So personally, I was like, look, I kind of just want to be dry and not have to worry about weather playing a, fact, a factor in what we do during the day. So Helsinki was a good experience. We just, as soon as we got there, we basically left our bags at the hotel and took public transportation and went downtown and just like saw the city, super cute city. But then it was, there, there wasn't, I'm sure there's plenty to do in Finland, but we didn't feel like there was the things that we wanted to do there. Mm -hmm. So then we just... The next day, went to Milan because <laughs> after a lot of research, I decided that if we fly to Milan, depending on the weather, we can either go to the left or to the right and go hiking either way. <laughs> we were basically trying to get away from weather. And that was basically what decided between going left or right after we got to Milan. So if we were to gone to Milan and we headed to the east... We would have done the dal. I can't pronounce this. I, oh, I it messes me up all the time. The Dolomites. Dolomites. I'm so sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, but it's a great, great mountain range in the Italian Swiss mm -hmm. Alps, right? Mm -hmm. It's that border. Gorgeous. So uh, we were like, well, let's check the weather um, towards the west, and so we did. It looked a little bit better, and we ended up going to. We ended up going to Mount Blanc, which is in France, mm -hmm. and it was about a three-hour drive from Milan. So we rented a car, got groceries, did the whole shebang, 
drove to Mount Blanc. There is a massive tunnel you have to go through, which costs like 50 euros, <laughs> That's which right. is super yeah. annoying. Heads up on that. Yeah. Heads up on the tolls of Norway as well. There's tolls everywhere. Oh, yeah. It's, that was probably one of the most uh, pricey things about our trip. It just adds up. So mm-hmm. you just have to take into consideration. There's also a lot of um, ferries that you take in Norway. So that, oh, yeah, you that have was to pay cool. for those. It's cool. Yeah. But anyway, back to France. So we got go to Mount Blanc and that was such an amazing underrated experience as well. Absolutely. We did for the, the first day we did the uh, Golf de Chamonix, the Mont Blanc and incredible. The, the hike starts at a golf course and then it's just like straight up. I mean, when I say straight up, it was, uh, we took, I took, I had to take a lot of breaks. So I took like three breaks, but it, damn. Fern was like, okay, let's just do it all. And I was like, all right, let's go. And then after we were like at 3000 feet of elevation, he's like, yo, I don't, I think we should should stop. (laughs) Okay. So it was, it was about a four and a half mile up Mm -hmm. and you got to 4,800 feet. Mm-hmm. So do the math on that. That You're almost doing about 800 to 1,000 feet per mile. Mm-hmm. That is that is some pretty good uphill. And it's not just straight uphill. It's through also um, switchbacks, mm-hmm. but very narrow switchbacks. So the uphill is even more steep. And we literally got to the to the three mile mark and there's this place that just, it's very open and it's beautiful. You get to see a, a lake on the top of a mountain, which was really cool to see or no it wasn't a lake it was like a pond whatever it was nice but still it was was like a mountain lake yeah it was it was really cool and with the whole french alps right behind that it was incredibly gorgeous and we were like okay so that took that took a couple hours yeah and we also got there it was close to 4 4 30 mm-hmm. so it was it was definitely late i agreed with stopping because the sun was going to go down you know yeah. you have to be smart when we're in these different countries and yeah. you don't really know exactly what to expect like i said we also didn't have anything booked so we had to, to take other measures into consideration yeah so it was okay that we ended up coming down um we got a good workout in we got a good view so i felt really happy about yeah. that hike. Yeah, me too. It was it was incredibly incredibly rewarding to to get to the to the third three quarter way point of that hike. Yeah. But the way down Jess and I personally the way down is way harder than the way up just because of like you just have you know obviously gravity going with you and the impact of your knees if you don't do the steps correctly where you just don't cause that uh, extra like stress on your joint right in that joint that goes right right in front of that knee you overextend it over and over and over again it it causes pain so throughout all the hikes that we've done we've probably done way over like i don't know 200 200 hikes since oh, yeah. since we've been dating over two years now and uh we've definitely learned the best ways to go and different slopes down downhill but it, it definitely takes us a lot faster to go downhill. And once we got there, we started looking for a place to stay. This really, really beautiful town called Saint-Gervais. Um, we came across that, but it was obviously, an, it, it was at night. So we didn't really get to see it uh, at its, you know, everything that it, that town has to offer. And if you go downhill a little bit from Saint-Gervais, there is an even smaller town called La, Lafayette. 
And we stayed there, really nice hotel. It provided us whatever, like just the minimum, but we, that's all we needed, just a bed to stay in. And it, was, was it. No, it was adorable. It, it was really adorable, a great view, but it was just two beds and like, that's it, that's all we need. Just yeah. two beds, and a shower, really nice, and yeah. a shower, yeah. And a really nice, nice view, um, small town, just incredible. So that day was, this was May 28th. So mm-hmm. that day was the Champions League final with uh, Real Madrid in Liverpool. So uh, we ended up going to this small bar to go watch the game. The only bar that was open. And we went up the mountain again, 20 minutes up to St. Gervais. And we just started having like a couple beers there, a couple drinks, just watching the game. And we met these really, really cool locals there. They're from all over, right? There were like some from where from England, some others were from other parts of France, and, you know, Jess is a social butterfly, so we all start just talking about so many different things, and Madrid won, so very awesome, everybody that was from England in there was probably pretty pissed, but whatever, they were super cool, and, um, yeah, they, so we were like, well, we want, they asked us where we wanted to go, right, and Jess said, so I had told them what our plans were, right? And they were like, no, no, don't do that. Like, why would you do that? You should go to the city here in France called Ansi. Yeah. And I was like, um, yeah, no, we're going to do what I want to do, and you're wrong. <laughs> and then they, they kind of kept um, trying to convince us. So I looked it up, and I was like, oh, wow, it's actually really adorable. <laughs> so then the next day... We changed our plans. We totally did. Well, we didn't change it. We added to our plans. Yeah, we added. We added to our plans. So they were like, basically the whole night they were convincing us to not go to where we wanted to go, which we'll say in a sec. But they're like, go to this place, antsy, antsy, antsy. And we looked at the photos and like, it was really cute. But then um, the next day, so May 29th, it's Jess's birthday. And we were obviously at the bar until midnight. So Jess was like, hey, I'm going to go use the restroom real quick, blah, blah. And so I told the the English guys that we were with, hey, it's her birthday, like at midnight. Can you guys like get the whole bar to sing happy birthday for her? And effectively, they did. They sang happy birthday to her. Some people didn't speak English, so they sang it in France. It, it was, was just, really cute. It was adorable. We had a really great time. I wish we got their contact info or something because they were super, super nice. So I'm, but I'm sure if we go to Saint-Gervais again, we'll, we'll run into them. It's such a small town with really great people. Adorable, adorable town. Yeah. So then we went to the next day. We did another hike in around the Mont Blanc area, and it's called Mer de Glace, or Glace. It's like a glacier. It's basically like this glacier, and the hike was 6.7 miles. So a uh, pretty fairly easy hike. We did stop a lot to take a lot of pictures because they were... Uh, um, almost almost every part of this hike had really, really nice things to, to look at. I don't think it was that easy. I mean, it was technically considered hard or moderate. Right, yeah. I mean, it was really good incline. Yeah, it was. Um, coming down was hard again because it was it was pretty steep coming right, down. Right. But yeah, there was a cute little restaurant, coffee so, shop, yeah, like, like lounge kind of halfway thing. Halfway up, and then once yeah. you get to the top, there was more lounge coffee areas, which was really adorable. And then when we came back down after is whenever we drove to. Annecy, which right. was a little out of the way from our uh, plans, but right. it's such a cute, adorable town. If you're in France, I definitely recommend yeah. going there. Um, everybody thinks of Paris when they think of going to France, and it's just, I completely disagree with that. I mean, if you love Paris, like, it's fine. I get it. Paris is great. But just being in the south of France is so much prettier. 
Uh, yeah, so, it's way, yeah. way more beautiful, I think. But I I can only... Jess, Jess has been to both, so she's obviously seen both. I have never been to Paris, um, but after seeing the south of France, I kind of don't really care about going to Paris. I think it's cool to see the Eiffel Tower and just get to know that, but I probably wouldn't spend more than a day or two in yeah. there. Because my thing is not to go shopping or not to do anything. I'd rather see beautiful scenery uh, like the south of France has to offer. And I'm sure there's other places in France that are just as beautiful. Yeah. Um, Don't get us wrong. Paris is great. But it's crazy to think of France and think of how many people go to Paris and that's it. When mm. there's so much more of France, yeah. so much more that France has to offer, which I didn't even know. And even going to this trip, I even felt a little let down because Norway is co so cold and right. as beautiful as it was, I just felt like I couldn't get like the grasp of what it really has to offer. Yeah. And then going to France, I was like, dang, like I've already been to France. Like, mm, I'm not too excited about this. But then when we got there, it was just so. Unlike what, yeah. Unlike awesome. what you haven't seen yeah. before. My right. expectations were exceeded. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. And even the driving. So after we did that hike, we, we went to see Ansi and then we had to start driving up towards our next, the next place we wanted to go to, which was, uh, Zermatt. In yeah, Switzerland to sure. see the Matterhorn. And um, so we started driving and it was kind of late. So we kind of went up this road where we were going to pass to through the south of uh, Lake Geneva and just stay on the French, French side and then cross the border uh, and then eventually get to, to Switzerland at that, point, at that port, uh, point. And then uh, the drive was incredibly beautiful. Like even just driving through there, just eating our groceries, <laughs> stopping in these little places to get like some coffee or whatever. It was pretty cool because throughout this whole trip, you know, um, we stopped at two places that the brands of water were are pretty world famously known. One is Avian, mm -hmm. uh, which is cool because I got off. We got off at the gas station to get coffee, and I'm like, "Hey, what's the name of this town?" And she's like, "Avian." I don't even know if I'm saying that right in like the French um, uh, language, but it's I was cool like, that we drank the water. I know. I was like, town. I was like, you mean like the, the water bottle? She's like, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was really cool. You just end up in these small little places that just have so much impact on you on the, on the daily, on your daily basis is cool. And then the other one I think was Voss, mm -hmm. uh, Voss, which is in Norway. We passed through that town and we I went through the town. We yeah. went through the town and I think that's the, the water Voss that where it comes from. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, but so that drive was in incredibly beautiful. Now we're in Switzerland getting to Zermatt. Um, so we get there and it's a little bit more complicated than we think because the GPS is taking us to where we want to go. But there, so Jess, explain the, the, the how Zermatt works, how it's like a very small and so I definitely recommend if you are going to do Zermatt, you should probably go for maybe at least two days to get your money's worth. But the GPS took us to basically a train station, which that train station, you then pay about 16 Swiss francs, which is probably close to $18 or more. Right. And then you take a train that takes you up to Zermatt. Right. And then the hikes that we wanted to go to was another train away. Which is another 30, like 30 Swiss francs, I yeah. think, for each of us, which yeah. is more expensive. So once we made it to Zermatt, we really wanted to go to like a few hikes, which these hikes were supposed to be beautiful. One of them is called the Five Lake Hikes. Mm -hmm. And wow, gorgeous from the pictures. Unfortunately, we didn't get to do it because we were only going to be there for a day. Right. Didn't really make sense to spend 
$30 to go up to this mountain to then be rushed to hike and then come back down. Anyway, you could hike up the mountain if you really wanted to, but then that also takes time. Or you could pay to go up and then hike back down if you right. wanted to. Yeah. So we ended up just staying at the Zermatt level and doing a really awesome hike there. And Zermatt is basically famous for the Matterhorn, which is a huge mountain peak, peak. in Europe. Yeah. Um, and we ended up still being able to see it and take awesome pictures with the Matterhorn in the background. So it actually worked out. I was happy to go. I've never been to Zermatt, so it was an amazing experience to be able to say that we climbed mountains in France, Norway, and Switzerland. Yeah. So pretty cool. Yeah, it was it was really cool, and and so I'll take us uh, take us back a little bit to where we were driving, and the GPS took us to this uh, train. Well, originally the GPS was taking us to where the hike started, and we had to go through this small town just like uh, going up the mountain right before Zermatt. And um, we had no idea, but we had to go through these very narrow roads. And it just like it looked like that there wasn't that much traffic going. So something seemed a little odd. And um, as we're as we're continuing to pass this very small town, which there's a lot of construction happening, uh, somebody stopped us and was like, hey, do you have a pass to go to Zermatt? Because you unless you have a pass or sticker on your car saying you can pass through here, you're going to get, if a police stops you, you're going to get fined. You're not supposed to be here if you are, uh, if you don't have that pass. So uh, I think the fine would have been like a pretty good chunk of money. So they were like, Hey, uh, I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. We turned back around and that's when we stopped at that station to get the train to then take us up to that uh, area. So if you are passing that train station, you keep going, be aware that you might get a ticket. So fortunately we didn't, we didn't want to get one. So that was, that was good. So Zermatt was really, really pretty. The Matterhorn was really, really nice. That hike was amazing. It was about a seven mile. Yeah, no, 6.2. And, uh, it's called the Dam Fury, which was pretty cool because we actually passed by the tallest gravity-fed dam in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was absolutely stunning to just have the Matterhorn behind you and just feel this energy from this dam just holding up all this water and how much energy it creates. And it's like it's it's the reserve of energy for like a fifth of Europe. It was really cool to get to know all that. Um, and it was the weather was fantastic to be able to see that. So then after we finished that hike, uh, we obviously went back and we started driving to get to... Milan for the next day because we were, we had to fly back out and we stayed in uh, this really small town in in Italy. I I don't remember it the name. It starts with a D. So okay, yeah. I I but we had to go through like very narrow neighborhoods and just I think it it, it was it was incredibly cool to kind of drive through that. I think this was the cheapest hotel we paid for, and it was the nicest one. Yeah. Like, the shower had a radio in it. It had, like, lights. It gave you a massage with water pressure, like, all this stuff. It gave you free mints. Free mints. Whenever you wanted. Right. And it was only, like, 50 bucks, 60 bucks. Yeah, I think it came out to about $60. Um, We actually used hotels.com for the last few hotels. Booking.com. No, it was hotels. Oh, okay. It's like that red app with an H. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that actually gave us really good deals. So that hotel was super nice. Everyone, it was like 
Definitely a weird setup because we had to get there by a certain time because you couldn't check in after 10, but they waited for us and it worked out. Also, just driving through, I think that driving through anything that is Switzerland and Italy, especially adding those two together, is just beautiful. And that's why we want to go back and do the Dolmides, or if I'm saying it wrong, but that because it's the Swiss-Italian side. Yeah. So, yeah, it was really cool to end our trip there and driving through Italy. Italy is also beautiful, so we had a good good scenery there. Yeah, we definitely did. And the just even the driving part, the, there was some – we passed through this area that uh, we were on top of the mountain in – just how the weather is up there. It's just totally different than what it is, you know, driving down in the valley. You basically drive through clouds. Yeah. You drive, you're driving through fog, upslope fog and, and all these cloud formations that are happening there. Um, but it was, it was really cool. Was this the name of the lake that, that we were driving around in Lake? Yeah, it was Magori. Lake Magior. Magior. Well, it's basically right on the border between, uh, Switzerland and, and, and Italy. Yeah. Um, just just to the west of uh, Lugano, Switzerland, or Lake Como, Italy. Just to the right west of that, you'll you'll see that lake, and it was really really cool to stay in that in that uh, small town. And then the next day, drove to uh, the airport in Milan, and we made our way back, which yeah. was uh, the way back was uh, trying to get on a flight was more stressful than i thought it was gonna be but we won't go into the details of that we made it we're very thankful thank you delta for getting us back (laughs) to uh to the states and um yeah so that was pretty much our trip it's it was uh fantastic and we are planning to do another trip hopefully if the days work out and the flight loads uh allow us to go this this month um back to Europe and try to see if we do something or maybe even South America. We'll see what happens, but. Um, I just want to say we're very lucky that we are flight crew and we can sort of plan these trips on the go because a lot of people aren't as lucky. For example, if you book a trip to Norway and you have to be there for six, seven days, you can't just be like, oh, the weather sucks. Let's get up and go somewhere else. Yeah. So very lucky to be able to do that. And I think that be since we can do that, I, I like to, and for as well, take advantage of that and be right. able to make the most out of different places if it's not necessarily meeting the type of requirements that you want it to meet. Yeah. So very lucky to be able to do that. Totally. Totally agree with that. Well, uh, that is going to conclude it for today's episode. Jess, my lovely lady, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. Any last things you would like to say? Because you're going to be on other episodes, so. (laughs) Well, then uh, I'll just wait. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and have a fantastic week. Thanks for having me. I had a blast, and I can't wait to be on more episodes in the future. Woo!